Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 92nd episode of the 5 Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Shaw-Bell. My goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the CEO of Social Capital, Chairman of Virgin Galactic, and the part owner of the Golden State Warriors, Shamath Palapatiya. Born in Sri Lanka, Shamath immigrated to Canada at age six, where he and his family lived on welfare. He worked part-time to help his family while attending the Lisgar Collegiate Institute. After graduating from the University of Waterloo, he worked as a derivatives trader before moving to California. Several years later, Shamath became the youngest vice president in AOL's history before joining the Mayfail Fund and then becoming a vice president at Facebook. He left Facebook to start social capital with successful investments in Slack, Box, and Yammer. Today, he's the chairman of Virgin Galactic, an investor in the Golden State Warriors, and has been regarded as the next Warren Buffett. After telling Shamas' story during my keynote speeches around the country, I was happy to speak to him personally for the very first time. In my keynote presentation, I talk about your story of going through an identity crisis where you realized that you were unhappy even though you had a lot of material possessions and accomplishments and wealth. Can you describe what you went through and discovered during your recovery and share the lessons you learned in the process? We all have a true self. And along the way, what we accumulate are all of these filters that distort who we are, both to ourselves, but also to others. And it was a moment in my life where I realized that look, if I'm going to live to 100, these filters and distortions have to be fixed because the things that I was using you know, prophylactically to, to make myself feel better, whether it was accomplishments at work or material possessions or whatever, it just wasn't working. And so I think that the, the goal for a lot of people now in, in sort of modern society, knowing that you're not going to die at 40 or 50, touch wood, you know, at, as an average, but instead you're going to live to your 90s and 100s, is to solve some of these problems of distortion so that you're, you're truer to yourself because it gives you a chance to be happier. And you recently went viral after speaking out against the government bailing out mismanaged companies, billionaires, and hedge funds while leaving the average person behind. But what advice would you give the average person to sustain themselves during this pandemic and moving forward? This pandemic touches everybody across every strata and spectrum of society rich, poor, old, young, we will all be affected either directly or first or second degree in some way. And if it doesn't hit us from a health perspective, it may and probably will hit us from an economic perspective. So the most important thing is that to realize that we're all equal, that we're all going to suffer, and that we have a responsibility as a result of that to just be very functional to the people around us. You know, that means to take care of yourself, to eat well, to exercise, to focus on the positives and to give yourself room to mourn and to grieve for the fact that a lot of the ways in which you lived, 
or you know, heaven forbid, people you know, or even your livelihood are changing. And you need to acknowledge it because otherwise uh, you won't be functional and you have a responsibility to be functional. Just switching gears, in a previous episode, and I've, I've talked to a lot of venture capitalists, I spoke to Ben Hurwitz about the common qualities that all successful entrepreneurs have. And the way he responded was, you need to be an original thinker and you need to have leadership skills. Is there anything else you would add to that list? And then what do you recommend for entrepreneurs who are trying to survive and thrive during these times? Hmm, that's interesting. I'm not sure I agree with those two things. Um, I think that if you ask me, the feedstock of great entrepreneurship is a mindset of learning and iteration, uh, meaning you're, you, you don't view the world as right and wrong. You view the world as secrets and knowledge. And so the only way to bridge the gap from secrets to knowledge is through learning. Um, and so you, as a result, build a very iterative approach to building your company where you can manage setbacks and they don't, they don't defeat you um, and you can keep morale focused. And then the second thing that I've noticed that makes a great entrepreneur, quite honestly, is an, an extremely deep-seated insecurity. And that typically comes from, you know, some kind of, for lack of a better word, injury or trauma when you're a young person, being rejected by somebody important in your life. And that insecurity is an enormous fire. And so when you take that insecurity and you apply a learning mindset, you give yourself an enormous amount of chances to be right and to find the right answer and to find product market fit. So that's what I would say. That's so true because I'm an entrepreneur. My friends are entrepreneurs. And one of the common things between us is a lot of us were bullied in our childhood. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's a source of insecurity. You know, other sources of insecurity can be uh, socioeconomic, like growing up poor, you know, other, other ones can be rejection. Other ones can be, you know, the lack of love from mother or father, you know, there, there are a whole host of things but we all end up with the same core ingredient, which is with maybe a sense of emptiness in moments where other people would give up, you keep going. And um, I think that that's really important to be an entrepreneur. And one of the things about your career is that you were an early executive at Facebook, but since then you stopped using social media and your kids don't use it from what I've read. Uh, how has that decision to uh, keep social media out of your life helped your mental health and your relationships and happiness? It was an obvious byproduct of my decision to just focus on sort of healthy habits. I, I've tried to really think about, like I said, how to live happily for the next you know, 50 or 60 years in which I live. And I have to be physically fit. I have to be mentally fit. I have to be economically fit, socially fit. So what does all those things mean? Like I want some good friends around me that I, I want to have really deep, profound relationships with my those friends as well as my family. I, I need to have enough money, so but not you know I don't need to sort of run after it. I want to uh, have a good sense of my place in the world and not live with all this constant FOMO. It was in those decisions that not using social media is kind of like the same as not eating too much ice cream. In small doses, it's probably reasonable, and in too many doses, you know, ice cream would make me fat, and I don't want that and unhealthy. And uh, social media in too many doses for me makes me, you know, mentally lethargic and too focused on others uh, and what, what, what their lives are. And I don't want that either. What is your best piece of career advice? Probably just be a good copier. You know, I've said this before, like, I think a lot of people confuse original work product and uh, with value in, in a way where 
you're not willing to learn from others and just like repeat things that work and just find a way to do those things as well or better because most things are you know not unique and so you don't need to be unique in in doing it um and so you know learning from other people and replicating those things that are functional and efficient and work is a is a good idea i think a lot of people mentally sometimes their brain shut off because like they're competitive with somebody or you know they think somebody is not worth imitating because they don't want to give them the validation and they let their ego get in the way and it's just stupid i remember i learned how to create excel models from a guy that i despised but i still use his exact way of doing them to this day because it just works better <laughs> so i don't i it just makes my life easy you know uh and uh, and he was just smarter at that he was still a total douche but you know but it it made me look smart in front of my bosses and 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 it all worked out so you know i would say learn to be a good copier and get your ego out of the day to days of the job thank you so much for sharing your wisdom shamath to follow his journey you can listen to the all in podcast and find him on twitter where he shares his political and economic perspectives appearances and virgin galactic announcements we hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guest provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now. 